and hello. Welcome to the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. So good to be back here with you. And thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Um, I want to give a big shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for supporting me week after week. And I want to give a big shout out to all of my new listeners that are joining us for the first time. You know, I just want to just say thank God for another day to make a positive impact in the lives of other people. That opening music you heard was called Flame by Candy Dolfer. Now, if you didn't know, uh, uh, the month of May is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Uh, if you would go to the CWR Talk Network website, and that website is www.cwrtalknetwork.com, and click on the link referencing we are celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. And it will take you to our monthly newsletter. And once you get there, you can read about all of the uh, contributions and accomplishments of Asian Pacific Americans to the world. Uh, not Well, to the world in general, not just here in the States, but to the world. Uh, I'd encourage you to check that out. I want to also give a big, huge uh, congratulations to all of the students uh, that listen to my show, uh, especially for all of the high school students that will be graduating, as well as the college students that will be graduating. Uh, graduating. I uh, just want to give you a big shout out to say congratulations for uh, this big moment in your lives and go out and make your mark positively on the world. Uh, if you're going from high school into college, I wish you great success. If you just graduated from college, I wish you great success uh, as you go into the work market and start your life. The call-in number tonight is 917-889-8078. Again, the call-in number is 917-889-8078. Uh, previously, I know that you may have followed, if you follow me on social media in some form or fashion, be it Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you saw listed, uh, I had a guest tonight. Unfortunately, my guest uh, was not able to be on tonight, so you're going to hear me the whole segment. I uh, hadn't had a, I guess, a, a solo show in a few weeks, and I want to do something a little bit different tonight. No, normally I have a segment that I call In the News. So I'm going to be expanding that segment tonight uh, to address uh, some things that are going on in the news. Um, let me start off by saying that, you know, this segment is definitely educational because it touches on some of the things that are going on in the financial world uh, that may be affecting or could affect uh, us in general, people. So I was out looking through the internet, uh, looking through websites, and came across uh, on the MSN website uh, the title, There Are Still a Lot of Millennials Living with Their Parents. Now that kind of caught my eye. 
because uh, pretty soon my wife and I, uh, we're going to have both of our kids out of the house and into college and starting their lives. And, you know, we raised them so that they could become productive adults one day and out on their own. So I'm not looking for them to come back home. They can come back home to visit, but uh, I want them to live productive lives without having to uh, come back to us. But, you know, certain circumstances may uh, come up from time to time. But I wanted to address this article. There are still a lot of millennials living with their parents. Uh, The article stated that nearly 23% of millennials live with their mothers or with their parents, according to a new report from Zillow. Zillow is the online real estate database company. Uh, They analyzed some uh, information through the U.S. Census Bureau uh, from 2005 through 2016, and they came up with this determination that 23% of millennials are living with their parents. Uh, And they based this on that fewer millennials are moving into their own place because of higher housing prices or housing prices. Uh, Housing prices seem to outpace their wages. And another barrier that was noted was the student debt, uh, uh, student loan debt that's out there upon a lot of our, uh, I guess, beginning people into adulthood. Uh, You know that Student loan debt has uh, toppled over $1 trillion now, so there's a lot of debt hanging over the heads of students coming out of college. So from this, uh, from this report, it's stating that those are some of the reasons why people are having to go back home uh, for some time. It also listed off some of the cities that you know, had the highest uh, rate of millennials coming back home, and here in my dear state of Florida, uh, Miami topped it off with 33.4%, and it kind of trickled down from there. So I'd encourage you to kind of go out and take a look at that article. Very interesting. Uh, I want to share some of my thoughts around the article. Now, not only do I teach and speak on financially related issues, I also teach and speak on life issues. Now, I can fully understand when our children are starting out in life, they are fresh out of college, uh, we as parents want to help them. At the same time, we cannot and we probably should not, or not probably, we should not enable them or prevent them from experiencing life, you know, experiencing the victories of life and experiencing the challenges of life. I know for myself when I moved and got my first professional job, uh, I could always hear my dad telling me that, uh, you know, basically, in so many words, paraphrasing, uh, we raised you uh, to become productive as an adult. Now you need to go out on your own and make it happen. So I had to, I had to learn how to crawl before I started walking. So if our adult children are having to live with us, you know, because they can't afford the rent or the mortgage or the monthly expenses. You know, sometimes the utilities may be a little bit high. Uh, they don't make enough money. You know, coming out of college, you have your first professional job, and you're probably not making a whole lot of money. And you kind of run into a bind of being able to support your life and pay your expenses, your rent, so forth and so on. 
Now, if you do have to come back home, and I guess I'm speaking to the parents, if your children are having to come back home due to some of these circumstances, I would recommend, you know, uh, a few things in having your children, your adult children to come back home. You know, I've seen some irresponsible parents. Uh, I know of some. (laughs) I've had some personal observation of some parents and uh, we have to instill responsibility and hold our children accountable um, in every regard of life. And it's for their good. You know, I've seen parents enable their children by allowing them to come back home and the children, their adult children, and they, they turn a six to eight month stay into a five year stay. And, the adult children have not really learned any responsibility to become self-sufficient. So I want to kind of give you some recommendations of if you fall into this, this situation to where your adult children are coming back home uh, because they can't afford uh, the life that they have, I would give you four or five different recommendations if that happens. Uh, Number one would be to set some rules, set some guidelines uh, for them to follow. Uh, Number two, require them to pay something in the form of rent. I would not encourage them coming back to the house rent-free. They got to have some skin in the game because that's real life. When they get out on their own, that's real life. All the bills are going to be in their name, and they're going to have to be responsible and held accountable uh, at that point in time. Uh, Number three, give them a time frame. You know, if it's going to be six months, let it be six months. If it's going to be eight months, let it be eight months. I would encourage, you know, two and three and four and five years. But if you're going to, you know, allow the, your adult children to come back, uh, set a time frame and stick to it. And uh, I will require them to create and live on a budget. You've heard me talk about budget uh, budgets uh, numerous times here on the show. Uh, it's important to have a budget, not just for a one-time event. Budgeting is a lifetime event is something that you should be doing ongoing for the rest of your life. So they should be able to create a budget and live on that budget. And lastly, uh, have them to put money aside. So when they do move out, when they do move out of the house, they will have some money saved up. Don't just stay rent free uh, and never charge them anything, but have them to set aside some money. So when they do come to the end of that, a time frame that was set up in the beginning, they can have a pretty good start going forward. Now, I had another uh, article. Uh, it was from Nerd Wallet. Uh, I saw this on the USA Today uh, uh, website, and the title of that one was Do Some Long-Term Thinking and Consider These Five Smart Ways to Use Graduation Cash. You know, a lot of students, uh, they get cash money in hand uh, after they graduate, especially college students. I know high school students do as well, but I kind of want to target my college students uh, with this particular one. But before I go on, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I will list off the five smart ways uh, to use your graduation cash. Thank you. 
listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances Show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network. Well, the music you heard as we went to our break was called Moho by Warren Hill. As you can tell, I love uh, smooth jazz music. Uh, Let's continue on with the uh, article that I came across regarding five smart ways to use graduation cash, that money that you got from your uncle, grandmother, or whomever. Uh, Give you some from this article. It lists off five things that you can make uh, some smart decisions regarding that money. Number one, uh, save for emergencies. So this is where, you know, I've spoken about this uh, on occasion on my show, starting an emergency fund. Um, you never know when life is going to happen. You know, you may have car repairs. You may unfortunately uh, get laid off in the future, or you may have some health issues that may come up. And having an emergency fund is vitally uh, important, especially during those times. I look at an emergency fund like having an umbrella. You know, you don't want to get caught out in the rain without an umbrella. Uh, It may keep, it may not keep all of the rain off of you, but for sure you won't get soaked. And that's the analogy that I use with having an emergency fund. So uh, take that cash, Put it to the side, put it into an, a uh, maybe like a, a money market type checking account where you can draw a little interest off of it. But it's liquid, it's readily available just in case you have some of those unexpected events uh, that may arise. Uh, the second uh, way would be to pay off credit cards. You've heard me share my story again about credit card debt when I got out of college. So, If you have some credit card debt, take that money, pay down or either pay off your credit card debt. You can save some money in interest, uh, and you can just kind of save yourself the hassle of having debt getting ready to start off in your profession. Or if you're already in your profession, uh, use that money to go ahead and pay off uh, that credit card debt uh, so you don't have to worry about that debt lingering. Uh, Number three, tackle your student loan uh, interest. Uh, Some of the student loans, uh, I know coming out of college, you have a grace period, uh, which means 
you're not obligated to start making payments until roughly about six months after you leave school. But you have that interest generally that's going to be accruing or starting or have started to accrue while you were in college and especially during the grace period. So uh, I would, you know, recommend that you start at least making some interest only payments, uh, you know, instead of using uh, that money for other things, kind of start paying down on some of the student interest from your student loans. Uh, Number four, uh, to start a retirement account. You know, when you get your first job and hopefully your HR department or whomever will go over with you, if you have, if, if your employer offers a 401k account or some type of employee uh, retirement account, take full advantage of it. Uh, in some cases, it, it, it the the return is, is, is great. I mean, it's a great place to, Start uh, saving up for retirement. Uh, the article also mentioned that if the 401k option or the retirement uh, using your employer uh, benefits is not available, open up an, a, a Roth IRA account. And number five, dip your toes into investing. Yes, uh, start investing. Uh, start your retirement planning uh, right now, using that uh, cash that you receive from uh, from your grad as a graduation gift, a little today can possibly grow into a whole lot uh, tomorrow and in your future. So uh, you may want to consider those things. Now, with investing, I would always uh, recommend uh, seeing or visiting with a qualified financial advisor for help. Uh, they can give you some. Uh, some guidance regarding uh, investing. Okay, moving along. Here's the last one. Uh, This was also from NerdWallet, as well as on USA Today. The title was, Despite Modern, excuse me, Despite Modest Income, Nearly All Teachers Pay for Class Needs Out of Pocket. This is really no surprise. I've spoken with a number of teachers here in my area, and they're talking about some of the supplies that they have had to pay for for their classroom uh, out of their own money. And this report or this particular article stated that, you know, many public school teachers report digging into their pockets to pay for school supplies, spending nearly $480 a year. And that is a study by the National Center of Education Statistics that was actually released today. Uh, It said 94% of public school teachers say that they spend their own money on notebooks, pens, and other supplies uh, in the 2014-2015 school year without getting any reimbursement. And the average amount spent was $479. Uh, the study also found that teachers in high poverty schools were more likely to spend uh, more likely to spend person money on school supplies. Uh, 86% of teachers in schools that don't participate in free or reduced lunch school programs said that they paid for classroom needs as well, while around 94-95% of 
teachers in schools that did not participate in the programs said that they pay for classroom needs. So here's some of my thoughts around uh, school supplies, <clears throat> excuse me, around teachers uh, paying for school supplies. First of all, I want to applaud all teachers and educators for their hard work, their diligence um, in educating, motivating, caring, and in, in inspiring and empowering our children. Teachers should not have to come out of their pockets for school supplies. I understand that there are some instances where they have to do it from time to time. We all should dig into our pockets from time to time to help those that are in need. And, you know, you've heard me on past shows talk about the importance of giving. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I use myself as an example and then I also like to encourage people uh, to give. Give when the opportunity is there to give to help somebody else that is uh, that, that are in need. Always give. However, regarding our teachers, just reading this particular article, it should not be the norm, especially for buying school supplies. Well, that's all I have for you tonight in this segment, a long segment called What's in the News. Uh, I've touched on several different topics that I think that we can all relate to. Uh, It surely covers uh, areas of finance as well as just some life, uh, 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 some life events that goes on in all of our lives. We face these things on a day by day, month by month basis. So. Well, that's a wrap for tonight. Um, thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show. Now, my show is every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please note your time zone when you are looking at the show. Uh, if you haven't connected with me on social media, you can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, I would encourage you to follow me to keep up with what's going on uh, with the show as well as with what's going on with me. I want to encourage you, if you have not had the opportunity to buy my book, my book is called Sacred Vows, The Not or Not. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can also find it on Amazon. And if you would like to have an autographed copy of the book, please visit my website, at www.shipmanconsulting.com and click on the Contact Us page and we can make sure that we get an autographed copy to you. Now, make sure you tune in next week. I will have a guest on the show uh, for two, two for the next couple of weeks. I will have guests on the show. And, you know, I like to mix it up. I love to have a good assortment, a good variety of different guests uh, speaking on the various areas of finance and business as well as life. So thank you again for tuning in tonight. Uh, Let's go out with a little music by Marion Meadows. It's called Wild Things. But before we do that, remember these words regarding your life and your money. Give cheerfully. Spend carefully and invest wisely. Talk to you next week.